This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by St. John Country Inn. At St. John Country Inn, we offer a once-in-a-lifetime whodunit weekend. Paying guests know what they're in for. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. This week, April Fool's Day from 1986, and April Fool's <laughs> from 2007. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a story behind why we're doing that. <laughs> Uh, other than the fact that Sunday is April Fool's Day Woo-hoo! and Easter at the same time, which is a little bit weird. <laughs> so no Easter-themed movies this year, guys. Sorry. I know you were really looking forward to us talking about, I don't know, murderous rabbits. I- <laughs> they exist. There are some. We'll probably do them next year. Before we get started, though, I'd just like to say, in case you don't stick around to the very end... Uh, Like I briefly hinted at in the last episode, we have a new website up. It's just podcemetery.com. You can either spell it the way that we spell it, or you can spell it like an actual cemetery, but either way, it'll get you to our site. Right now, it's a real, real basic setup. It's just a list of all of our episodes, including different ways to listen to it and different ways to get in contact with us. So we may just direct you there at the end of all of our episodes. So, what do we do before we start talking about movies, Kelsey? Slash cards. Slash cards! You want to ask me a question? Okay. So, both of these would have been great for last week, but, you know. In what year was George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead released? 1978. Oh, was it released in 79? It was released in It was in made 79. in 78. You are wrong, sir. Who cares when it was released? We care when it was made. Ugh. I still knew it, though. (laughs) All right, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. What was the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, receiving a total of 10 nominations? The Exorcist. That is correct. I thought maybe I could trick you with that one, that you might say Silence of the Lambs. That is the first horror movie to win Best Picture, but not the first nominated. No, I knew it was the first nominated. All right, so back in 1986, specifically the 80s, we've mentioned this a lot, like when we talk about Friday the 13th and a few others, but there were several, there was a spate, there was a run of novelty holiday-themed horror movies. All about slashers. Yeah, all slasher films, and the first really, really big one was Halloween, obviously, (laughs) and then... Which is funny because it wasn't made in the 80s. No, it wasn't. But it started this 80s trend, which was then continued in 19, I want to say 80s, Friday the 13th. 1980, yeah. Yeah. And there are several others, some that we've done on this show, like 
Terror Train, for instance, which was a New Year's themed episode. There are Valentine's Day themed, including My Bloody Valentine. So there were a lot of 80s holiday seasonal horror movies, <laughs> and I love doing them. <laughs> this one, though, is from 1986, and it's all about April Fool's Day, if you couldn't gather that from the title. <laughs> Directed by Fred Walton and written by Danilo Bach, uh, who is a writer on all three Beverly Hills Cop movies. <laughs> that gives you an idea of what you're in for here. <laughs> and starring Deborah Foreman and probably the next, I mean, most famous name is Tom Wilson, who played Biff and Griff. And Mad Dog in all of the Back to the Future movies. <laughs> and who is actually a, a comedian, a stand-up comic, and he has a whole bit about how he doesn't like talking about how he's Biff. <laughs> <laughs> and so we will not talk about it either, except maybe we'll probably call him Biff. Yeah, that's how you know him. Throughout this discussion. Deborah Foreman, I mean, you kind of have to have seen Valley Girl to know who she is. She's the main character in Valley Girl, and that's exactly why Kelsey knows who she is, because Kelsey <laughs> is fucking obsessed with Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing, and everybody should see it. God. Hey, if you're a Nick Cage fan, you definitely need to see it. <laughs> All right. So, Kelsey, why don't you tell us what April Fool's Day is about? What's the premise? A rich girl invites a group of her friends to a holiday weekend at her enormous <laughs> cabin on an island. And things go poorly. Yeah, it's very... Um... And then there were none, 10 Little Indian style, where they just like get picked off one at a time. In fact, when they first walk into the dinner, another character who you might recognize, she was in, I want to say Friday the 13th part three. I can't remember which one she was in. Maybe it was two. Anyway, she says when they walk in, it's just like an Agatha Christie novel. Amy Steele. Yeah, she's Ginny from Friday the 13th, part two. Part two. Oh, God, yeah, I remember her. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't make that connection. Good catch, Kelsey. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so before we begin... Is she the one who puts on the sweater and pretends to be the mom? Yeah. Okay. Before we begin, should people watch this movie? I think so. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah, I think it's it's clever in many ways. It's, it's fun. Which is, which is funny... Because I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I have that down here. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I wrote that down while we were uh, while we were watching it, is that I don't understand why you would like this movie. All right, so go ahead and watch the trailer or the movie. You should probably see it. And when we come back, we'll talk about 1986's April Fool's Day. Paramount Pictures cordially invites you to the party to end all parties. April Fool. You are such a jerk. Is something wrong? April Fool's Day. Get ready to party till you drop. Rated R. Starts Thursday, March 27th at a theater near you. So the movie begins 
with a video interview with one Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea talking about the trip that they're taking to the island that her friend Muffy owns. My name is Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea. And, don't be uh, nervous, don't be nervous. Somewhere out there is the island my friend Muffy owns. It's spring break and she's invited us over there for the weekend. And we're waiting for the ferry now to take us there, and, uh... Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, I want to work with handicapped children, and my parents are my best friends. Oh, and I, I start convent school next semester, and I fuck on the first day. <laughs> April Fool's. Whoa, Nikki, baby, you're outrageous. Hey, now get out of here, you knucklehead. April Fools. It's not really, that's not really her name, but her friend's name is really Muffy. I had a hard time getting over that, Kelsey. It's pretty bad. Her name's actually Muffy. And they're going to like this semi-private island that just what the fuck these are very rich people they go to vassar you know yeah like they're very it's... rich except for one character yeah you know they're the they're the new england blue blood types mm -hmm. and so you know if they weren't so fun you'd probably want to see them murdered <laughs> <laughs> but you actually like most of them yeah uh that's I'd say the only one you don't like is the poor guy Oh, yeah, because he's an opportunistic bastard. Yes. But that was Nikki who was doing the interview. She's not really Mary O'Reilly O'Toole O'Shea, mm -hmm. which I love, by the way. <laughs> Nikki's really cool and Arch is cool. That's Biff. <laughs> and who else did I like? You don't really like the, the girl who isn't friends with anybody either. Yeah. She's kind of annoying. Chaz is cool. He's like kind the one. Of a dick. He's like the one though. Like he's like the one actually cool guy in eh. this group, and not some preppy asshole. But he's also kind of a dick. He plays a lot of mean pranks on people. Yeah, and it's April Fool's, so there are going to be a lot of mean pranks. Mm -hmm. And so the first one is when Arch and is it Skip, who's Muffy's cousin. And they're they're playing with a switchblade and Arch is like, I told you, I don't want to play anymore. And he just kind of throws the blade back to Skip and it gets him in the stomach. Ugh. And they're mm -hmm. on this ferry to go to the island. And so he falls off and everyone jumps in except for Chaz, who I took my jacket off or whatever it is that he says. Yeah. Um, his girlfriend is like, wow, some some hero you turned out to be. And he's like, I took off my jacket and shoes. What do you want? Everybody else was already in the water. And she's like, I was just kidding. <laughs> so he's very much a coward. And they bring that up a couple of times. But it's such a small thing. It is a very small. It's thing. interesting. I don't think it's that cowardly either, though. Like if you have all this shit on. I mean, granted, he should have just jumped in like everyone else and not bothered to take all that shit off. But if everyone's already in the water. What are you going to do? Well, yeah, but what? But then it's it's just part of his character, and I yeah. love that each character does have things about them that make them stand out as individual people, which is not usual for a slasher. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Usually, it's just a bunch of teenagers that are going to get killed off, but each one has something that kind of makes them unique, 
And it's really unimportant, but I kind of love that they took the time to do that. Yeah. But then it turns out that it was all fake. It was a practical joke. Ha ha ha. And now everyone's wet, except for Arch, who didn't get in, and Chaz, no, who didn't Arch. jump in. Chaz. No, Arch didn't jump in either. Oh, because he was in on the joke. Yeah. But somebody else who went in is one of the ferryman workers. And it's so silly because he's sitting there. He's in the water and this giant thing is coming towards him. He's just like, don't see it. Don't see it. It's it's really dumb. Yeah. Well, he's trying to like throw a rope up and and catch it to the to the dock so he can pull himself out. Mm -hmm. Nobody's paying attention to him because they don't like really know the guy. They don't necessarily even know he's really in there mm -hmm. you know he just asked for a rope and then that's the end of it but he gets crushed basically between the boat an and the dock and he loses an eye and he and they have to speed him away in a speedboat to uh to get help so that puts them all in a very like downer mood right it's really shitty they were going there to have fun and then this happens and everyone's mad at skip and arch for playing the practical joke we did skip the very beginning part where we see muffy making everything ready for the group to come and like she says it's going to be an unforgettable weekend she has this weird like flashback to her birthday so she tells the woman it's got to be better than nice it's got to be unforgettable have a nice party nice it's got to be better than nice it's gotta be bloody unforgettable. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> uh, but yes, you're right. We do flash back to her getting a gift of a jack-in-the-box. But the jack-in-the-box is scary. It's a scary monster instead of a fun clown. Which you don't know it then. At the time, it just seems like she's just this weirdo with a weird fucking family. It's also important to note that there. So there's this chick who's clearly not friends with the rest of the group. There are two outliers here. The rest of them all seem to have been friends for a long time, except for, okay, so we've got Skip, who says he's her distant, distant cousin. Yeah, and that's the only reason he was invited, because she hates her family. That's that's the inclination. It's weird. Well, he he says as much. Oh, he is does? That, yeah, like, the only reason I was invited is because I'm a distant cousin and she doesn't really know me that well, because this family hates each other. And, and they would never mix friends and family. Careful what you say to him, though. He's Muffy's cousin. Oh, no kidding! Distant. Over the horizon. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been invited. Old money never makes his family with friends. This is true, for as long as I've known her. Or to protect her family, I guess. No, to keep her friends. And then we've got the dick. What is his name? Harv. Harv. He's... He's this poor kid who definitely wants to be rich. And so he, like Chris said, he's very opportunistic. Like One of the first things we see him do is steal cigars. Mm -hmm. And we also see him talking to himself a lot. Not like in a crazy way, but like rehearsing the things he'd say. Yes. You and I should be together because our breeding and intelligence and blah, blah, blah. Like he's a total sleazeball, real goofy Southern type. And he has a whole conversation with Nikki on the boat and he's talking about how how he's got an interview set up and that he's really excited because he thinks he's going to work for her family's business. Yeah. And so his whole thing is he wants to marry her so that he doesn't really have to start at the bottom. He can just work his way right up to the top. Yeah. He's very opportunistic, money grubbing, 
totally pretentious. Like, out of all of them, which is kind of saying something, out of all these pretentious blue-blooded douchebags, the one who's not blue-blooded is probably the most pretentious. Mm -hmm. And then we've got this other girl who's definitely the quieter one, etc. So she says that she met her in a drama society and says that she's a really talented actress. But Nan was costumes? Yes, she says she loves to sew. So clearly she is not the type that likes everybody's eyes on her. Yeah. And she's definitely the most reserved of the group. Yeah. Which is interesting because of what happens later. Yeah. And like she's reading Paradise Lost and she says it's a dying form. It's just like, oh, shut up. <laughs> so then they come in for dinner and they see that she's got place mats. I mean, place cards, like telling them where to sit. Mm -hmm. And each one next to the name has a doll that's meant to be them, which is a little weird. Uh -huh. A little creepy. And that's when... The chick from Friday the 13th Part 2 uh, says that it, it it's just like an Agatha Christie book. Before they all have dinner, we see Skip getting drunk out on the porch. And he's like, you know, a poor boy can say fuck you to his dad because he has nothing to lose. And I can see what he's saying, but at the same time, it makes him sound like such a douchebag. Yeah. Like, oh, poor rich boy can't say fuck you to his father because he doesn't want to lose his inheritance. Uh -huh. uh, so then they all go in to have dinner and Nan sits down and there's one of those whoopee cushions underneath and she's all embarrassed, but they all laugh. Yeah, so it is April Fool's. So we're getting a lot of practical jokes when we get shown around the house. Arch sits in a chair that has breakaway legs. Twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah, there's a really great moment where at the end of the scene when he's like all pissed off and he's looking for people and he just like, oh, and he just sits down again and then, whoa, falls again. <laughs> it's really funny in this. I like him a lot. So they all are kind of talking about the guy who lost his eye. And then somebody says, shouldn't we talk about something a little bit happier? So then Biff goes, so what's everybody going to do after college? And everybody just kind of sits there in silence. <laughs> like, yeah, because none of them have a clue except for the guy who has the interview and Muffy because she's inheriting this giant cabin. So, well, I mean, basically the island when they talk about, oh, it's an island that her, that her mama or parents own or whatever. It, it basically is. There is nothing there on this island except for this manor. It is amazing, though. It's this enormous, beautiful place. Yeah. Uh -huh. She has decided to turn the enormous cabin into a country inn. So she has a plan. The, the poor guy has a plan. And then we have the chick from Friday the 13th Part 2 be like, oh, my boyfriend is going to med school. And he's very obviously not comfortable with having this conversation. And Muffy tries to change it. She's like, I don't think he wants to talk about this. And then he just comes out with it and says, I didn't get in. Yeah. And then that kind of ruins the mood again. <laughs> but they, they, they do have a toast to the weekend and... Muffy smiles as everyone takes a drink and they spill champagne on themselves because it's trick glasses. This is the kind of weekend everyone's in for. Oh, waka waka. And then she goes, April Fool. Yeah. 
She literally says April Fool. Is that what you're supposed to say? I think it's probably more traditional to say April Fool, like, because you're calling somebody an April Fool. Oh. I actually, I, on, I, I don't know why I didn't look up much about the actual holiday, the history of the holiday. So then each group gets to go to their own particular rooms, and each one finds something that has to do with their individual characters. So... We have the poor guy who finds a bunch of newspaper clippings about car accidents. And we immediately know, okay, so he was obviously involved in some sort of car accident, probably where he ended up killing people. Mm -hmm. Then we've got the quote-unquote slut, and she finds, like, bondage stuff inside her room. Yeah. And what does the couple find? Kit and uh, her guy. Rob. Oh, they have a spraying sink. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. They also have trick lights. Uh-huh. You turn one off, the other one turns on. <laughs> Biff finds drug paraphernalia, which I don't know if that's supposed to implicate that he does drugs. And he has the breakaway chair in his room. Yeah. And... Oh, and the couple also has the the painting in front of the oh, cat's with the face eyes. And the eyes that was so brilliant. And so you know, like an old Scooby Doo painting <laughs> where somebody moves the eyes and they're standing behind it and they're looking back and forth. And you see this, and this painting is just looking back and forth and back and forth, and they're just standing there staring at it <laughs> until Rob grabs it and pulls it away. And you can actually see a painting's not supposed to be there. It's like an alcove area of shelves and stuff, and one of those cat clocks <laughs> where the tail wags and then the eyes tick back and forth. That was behind the eyes. It was so brilliant. It, but it was a really great visual gag, I thought. Oh, and Biff's doorknob also pops off. Yes. <laughs> but then the one that doesn't seem to make sense until later. Well, the crash one is a little intense, too. Yes. Uh-huh. But he doesn't seem nearly as bothered by it. So Nan gets out of the shower and she can hear a baby crying and she finds a tape recorder that's playing a baby crying uh -huh. and she gets real upset about it. Yeah. And we find out later that it's because she had an abortion. Yeah. It's like, that's a fucked up trick to play. <laughs> like, Jesus. So we see our first death with Skip. So like I said earlier, he'd been drinking a lot because he was really upset about something to do with his dad. And yeah. obviously he's not happy with his father. So he's really, really drunk. So he's walking around in like the boathouse and all of a sudden he gets pulled from the back. But that's all we see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then cut to the next morning and everybody comes downstairs and they're all dressed and everything and then we see Muffy standing over the stove looking an absolute wreck. She's got like a bathrobe on, her hair's all over the place and they're like, Muffy? And she's like, I must have forgotten to get dressed and then she just runs yeah. back upstairs uh -huh. and everybody's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. I was just hungry. I must look a mess. Oh. Morning, Muff. I forgot to get dressed. It's obvious something's wrong with Muffy. Mm -hmm. So then they're all outside playing soccer and Nan is refusing to play. She's obviously very upset about the baby crying thing. And they're all like, all right. And it's not a good way to make friends when you're the only one who doesn't know anybody. Then we see the couple go off on their own. Like they went for a swim. 
Yeah. And she's trying to make him feel better. She's like, I'm really sorry about yesterday. Like, I didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Please don't be mad at me. And he goes, I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. And it's like, the movie didn't need to include this. No, it really didn't. But I feel like the movie, I feel like there are certain slashers that hold themselves to a different standard. And they say, you know what? These are real characters. I want to make them actually have problems. I want to make them actually have lives that my, my audience can learn about. And I... I really appreciate that. Some people might say, oh, this is pointless. What does this have to do with the rest of the story? But I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think it shows that the writers cared. Yeah. That being said, they're going to fuck. Yes. So and in this boathouse. <laughs> which drives me nuts. Why would anyone have sex on hard wood? I movies, don't get it. I don't know about real people, but movies like to show scenarios where people are getting it on in exciting places and they don't need to think about the reality of what that situation would be it would suck so this is something that i love so we still haven't done it it's on our list cabin in the woods deals with all of these tropes yeah uh uh-huh she even says like i'm cold we're out in the middle of where anyone can see it's dark and then yeah. they have to fix all of those things because it's like oh you're right to get her in the mood yeah. who the uh-huh. hell would want to have sex here <laughs> and that's exactly what you're thinking when they're in this fucking boat house yeah uh-huh. who would want to but you know i think it's more that she's using sex as a way to like comfort her boyfriend so and- while they're in there underneath because you can see through the the floor because it's just wood over yeah i mean a boathouse is is on a dock yeah they see a dead body floating underneath them now it's skip yes so anyway you see skip underwater and he's obviously dead and they start freaking out and when everyone comes to see what's up they find the trick switchblade and that's it They come running and screaming and saying, like, oh, my God, Skip's dead. We need to find out who's the killer. And Chaz, the one who earlier was called a coward, is like, wait, do you mean we have to split up? (laughs) He's not, like, afraid to do it. Um, And this is when Nan confronts Muffy. Muffy and says, you know, I thought you wanted to be friends. Like, how dare you Muffy's make fun like, of me? What are you talking about? I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, she's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. The recording of the baby in my room? Seriously, Nan, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then Nan tells her that she had an abortion, but you need to keep this just between the two of us. Nan had been keeping that a secret for a long time, but... Fucking Harv. Please call me Hal. Only my folks call me Harv and I just can't stand it. He hates being called Harv, so I'm going to continue to call him Harv. (laughs) Doesn't overhear what they're saying, but does hear that they're arguing. And he hears something about an abortion. Yeah. And that comes up later. But we're not there yet. So they all split up to look for the killer. And Biff gets caught in like a... Is that a bear trap? Is that what that is? No, it's a snare. What's Um, that for? Just any animal? Yeah, any animal, they they get their leg caught in this rope on the ground, and when it pulls it, the rope yanks it back the other way, and you get suspended from your legs. And there's a snake, and then all we see is... Shoes. Shoes kick the snake away, and then stand there in front of Arch, and... He has a he's, scared look on his face. He has a scared look on his face, and then cut away. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. This movie does not show a whole lot of gore, although we do see, like, the after effects of it. We see the doc dude's eye and the side of his face. We see the dead skip. But you don't see any of this, like, actually happening. It's all off screen. So then they all come back and they're freaking out. And Muffy is acting very strangely. And she's like, who wants tea? It'll relax your nerves. And they're all like, what the fuck is up with Muffy? Like, this is not the girl we've known for the past four years. Right? Because they're all college friends is the is what's insinuated. So they're like, well, we need to call the police now. And she immediately gives them the constable's number. Just super fast. Yeah, she's like, here, here's the number. Give them a call. I mean. They keep trying to call, but no one is answering. And my response was, I know this is before we had answering machines, but I'm like, dude, wouldn't the police like have fucking. It'd probably be a recording or something like that. There was also answering services. Exactly. Um, wouldn't you have an answering Where it service? would forward the call to, to another service and there was always somebody there to take a message. This is the point when the water shuts off. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so then they find out that the main is broken. So they all have to go or they don't all, but two of them go to the well. And that's so. Harve and... Nikki. Nikki. So, and Muffy, again, just seems real crazy when she's talking about it. So they all go, so they both go to the well, and she's like, okay, so we gotta, we gotta use this bucket. Well, Harve goes to use the bucket, and it falls right off. And he's just like, God damn it, you know? Son of a bitch. The rope was rotten. Anyone could have seen it. Well, you didn't. It's pretty <laughs> Fucking <great>. Harv. <laughs> and he propositions her at this moment, too. Like, this is when he's like, I think you and I should do it. Yeah, he says, I'd really like to plow your field. Like, fucking Harv is a total sleazebag. Yeah, he's a total douchebag. So then she, like... She's like, come on, just go down the rungs into the well. He's like, I'm not going down there. Look how dark it is. And she's like, well, here's my flashlight. I'll hold the flashlight. And then she drops it. Because well, she's just like bored and uh, <laughs> and then she, yeah, she drops it in. And like, well, what the fuck do we do now? And Nikki's like, you know what? I'm not a puss. I'll, I'll go down there. Mm-hmm. And she starts to climb down these the, this ladder into the well. And one of the rungs breaks and she falls in. Super dangerous. That's when... She sees the severed head of Arch in the well. And, and Nan. Nan's dead body. Mm-hmm. Which we didn't even know she was dead. We, yeah, we get Arch's head. We get Nan's body. There's another head, too, I think. I don't think so. Harv has to climb down, helps her out, and she's just freaking out. She, all she wants to do is leave at that point. This is when the sheriff or whoever calls. Constable. Yeah, the constable. Uh, he calls and he says, I'm at the hospital with Buck. He's right here. It can't be him. Yeah, they think it's him because he wants revenge. Right. But it can't be him. I'm going to come down there because I have something really important that you guys need to know. But I can't tell you over the phone, basically. So then Harv is like, where do you keep the guns? And Muffy's like, we don't keep guns in this house. And he has one, and he secretly puts it in his back pants. Yeah, and they go around and they, like, lock the place up. Right, so they um, close all the doors and the windows and they lock them all. We have Chaz and Nikki, and Chaz decides to put on the mask, the bondage mask. And I'm just like, okay, with everything that's going on, would you want to be wearing something that you can't see through? Yeah. (laughs) 
and she just really wants to leave and she goes into the bathroom because she's so annoyed with Chaz. And then when she comes back, he's just lying there. Won't move. Won't move. And then so she like grabs him by the arm and like shakes him and it moves his hand. And you see there's a bl- big bloody stain in his crotch that his hand was covering up. And then someone comes out of the closet. Yeah. And then cut to Kit and uh, her boyfriend. Kit and Rob. And for some reason, they're up in the attic. I guess they've all split up again to look for the murderer again. Yeah, and to, like, lock the place up. And they find the dolls in the attic set up in the same way that they died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all start to guess that it's Muffy because Muffy has been acting very strangely this whole time. Yeah, and this is when, but this is when they find the picture. Kit finds the picture and shares it with everyone. There's this picture of of two young girls and then they start talking about how Muffy's been acting so weird and uh she's been dressing weird and she's got these nurse shoes that she wears all the time. Also the constable said don't be alone with Muffy. Yeah. On the phone. And this is when Harve said I heard her arguing with Nan and then Nan ended up dead. Mhm. And they find these papers that talk about like being in a mental institution for the past few years and and kit's just like it it can't be muffy she was at vassar i know because i go to school with her so it's like okay uh so what is what is going on here and then they're like she has a twin sister buffy muffy and buffy yeah that those are real names (laughs) that people have and then they find muffy's head and so they're like, okay, it's got to be Buffy. And they're freaking out. And then they find her. So they're all they're all split up at this point, right? So Rob and Kit are upstairs. They're keeping an eye out for the constable's flare gun, right? He's going to shoot a flare gun when he arrived. And... They see it. Well, Hal, um, Harv... Fuck him. Harv is downstairs watching the bottom floor. He's got his gun. Yeah, Nikki and Chaz... They go upstairs to their room. And they're um, both dead now. And then they find Harv, I think, hanging in the closet. I mean, up in the up in the attic, right? Where he's hung, strung up like a stuck pig. This is the point where they find all the dolls. Where Rob and Kit find the dolls. And so they run downstairs to tell everyone. They go to tell Nikki and Chaz, but there's just blood everywhere. And they're not in there. This is where we find Hal dead. He's tied up. He was hung. So basically, the only people that are left right now are Rob and Kit. Mm-hmm. And everyone is fucking dying. And they see the, the flare gun, so they go out there, but he's not there. Yeah, they find the boat, but he's not there. They do find a letter there, though, that talks about Miss St. John, right? That's the term it uses, is Miss St. John. Mm-hmm. Not Muffy or Buffy. So at this point, they don't know about the, the twin yeah. They kind of put it all together. Well, they, they know saw something's the going on, but they, and they know that she's been at Vassar. Right. But they but they don't find it out until it's just Kit and Rob left. Right. Those are the only two that 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 uh, find out about it. So there are no keys in the in the boat. They go to the boathouse and it's it's really fucking dark. They find Buffy at some point and she starts chasing after them. I don't know where they find her. So they get into the basement of the house through, there's like a window there that they go in through and they find Muffy's clothes 
In the incinerator. In the incinerator, yeah. And they and find that, the head. This is, no, this is when, before the head, this is when they find the marks on the doorframe or on the wall marking heights. Ah. And there's two of them, and it labels Muffy and Buffy. And then this is how they actually find out that that there is a twin. And then, then they find Muffy's head, and they realize, oh, shit, it's Buffy. Muffy's been killed. This is why she's been acting so weird. This explains how she could have been in an insane asylum for this time when when we knew that she was at Vassar, that when we knew that Muffy was at Vassar. Uh, and then they start getting, like, nailed in. Buffy starts, like, nailing the window closed oh, so they right. can't get out. Mm -hmm. And the only way they have is to go up through the normal cellar door. Uh, the most beautiful phrase in the world, cellar door. <laughs> so they start to go upstairs and they get separated because Buffy starts chasing Kit around, right, with this knife. And it's like coming after her. But meanwhile, Rob gets locked in the cellar and can't get out. And he's pounding on the door. He's like, I love you, Kit. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you, Kit. And uh, Buffy is going after Kit and she's just trying to get into the dining room or the living room or whatever and finally bursts open the doors and there is fucking everyone. <laughs> and nobody, Silently yeah, doing little Nobody things. looks at her. They're building playing card, card houses. houses. They're reading magazines. Uh -huh. Whatever. Yeah. And they're not doing anything. It's at this point that Kit turns around and sees Buffy there and she stabs her own hand with the knife and sees that it's a fake knife. <laughs> it's like a one of those knives that like go into itself. Oh, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha! That's really funny, you guys! Really funny. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! And it's also at this point that Rob's still in the basement screaming, I love you! <laughs> so much <laughs> I love you <laughs> that is when Buck the deckhand guy who got his eye fucked up that's supposed to be in the hospital who they thought was the killer shows up and you just hear him say something to the effect of I love you too Rob and he just like grabs him by the head and kisses him and Rob's like because ah! 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 he's still got the prosthetic on that shows that he doesn't have an eye and so then well you just gave it away right there <laughs> so then buck like rips the prosthetic off and just slaps it on rob's head and rob's like ah! Ah! <laughs> he's like losing his mind it's really funny no idea what is going on <laughs> April Fools, nobody's dead. April Fools! Nobody is dead. So then we get the explanation. Which is, the a little, expl is a little too psycho, if you ask me, where it's they just, let's spend the last 10 strange. minutes going over why all this made sense. Oh, I thought you meant, no, it's just, it's very, it's a strange idea. So she explains, okay, so I was given this island, and to prove that I 
earned it. I have to make money off of it. Yeah. And so I've decided to turn it into an inn, but it's not going to be any regular old inn. It's going to be where you can experience a whole weekend of a whodunit mystery. And then she explains, but it's not going to go nearly as far as I did with you guys. And they're going to totally know that right, it's going to happen. Because that's the whole point. Everyone's going to know. That's why and, they buy tickets. And so my response is, <laughs> then why did you have to go to these uh-huh. extremes with your friends and freak them the fuck out? This is also when we find out that all the clues were left by her. And she's all super excited about Rob and Kit. She's like, you guys, <laughs> you saw, like, not only did you survive till the very end, but you solved the mystery. Like, I was really worried nobody would. <laughs> it turned out fantastic. Um, but also, all these clues were left by me and they were supposed to be totally innocuous. And... She she phrases it in a way that's like some people took them a little seriously than they were a little more seriously than they were intended. And it's like, no, that's not really what it's about. It's that she didn't know that 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 Nan had an abortion. The baby crying is completely a coincidence. So it did go a little far and went a little disturbing, but not intentionally. Like she had no idea that it was going to be taken that way. This is the point where I wrote that I'm surprised Kelsey likes this since she hates Hates, hates when a movie cheats her. <laughs> it's not that there can't be any twists. We've talked about twists in the past, but she hates it when a movie's like, oh, the only way this movie got away with any of this stuff is because it like straight up lied to the audience. But really, this movie doesn't. Like there are no lies in the entire movie. Yeah, I... I try, I'm trying to remember why I hated it so much the first time, and I can't. I don't think it was that. I think I thought it was stupid the first time. Oh, how it was like, oh, yeah, it's a slasher where nobody dies. But I can't remember why I hated it so much. And then watching it this time, knowing that it was all a joke, and, like, picking up on all the clues, and thinking about when and how these people It's really it fun out, to watch it a second time. It, it is. It is. It's a lot more fun to watch it the second time when you know what's coming. She also mentions, this is something that I wrote down, is like, wasn't she afraid somebody would actually hurt her? Yeah. She mentions that Harv got close. Mm-hmm. Harv put up a pretty big fight. We never actually got to see that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why earlier when he asked, like, do you guys have any guns in the house? She's like, we don't keep guns in this house. And it's like, that would... And that's why this whole idea of doing this to people without telling them, it's like... Somebody could really end up hurt. Right, but they tried to be clear. She tried to be clear about it. Like, there weren't supposed to be any guns. He snuck a gun in, you know, into the house. And that was what put her in danger. We also didn't talk about how that asshole, he stole stole the cigars. It was a trick cigar that blew up in his face. Yes. Good. He fucking deserves it. I hate that guy. (laughs) Um, We also find out that Skip is not actually her cousin. He's her twin. Yes. And... They planned all this together. That's why he was the first one killed, quote unquote. Yes. And she also talks about the fact that when Biff got caught in the snare, it's like, who could have known there'd be a snake? I don't know, Buffy, but maybe you should have thought about it. Because <laughs> Jesus. But he ended up being fine. And because uh, Skip, we assume, is the one who like kicked the snake away. Uh-huh. Um, and the constable... Uh, the ferryman, uh, obviously they Buck, they're all in on it. The ferryman's like, I've never acted before. How'd I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. But it's not the end of the movie. 
Well, they have this big party, and they're right. all drunk and they and have having fun. fun. The only person who's not having any fun is Nan, because Nan fucking sucks. Muffy, because there is no Buffy, mm-hmm. goes upstairs to her room, and she sees a jack-in-the-box. And she's like, huh. And this flashes back to the scene we got in the very beginning where it was the fake Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the reason why Muffy's like this is because that was a joke that her family played on her and it was well received. She didn't really like, she was scared, but she didn't freak out. She doesn't hate her family. Her family is a family of practical jokers mm-hmm. and that's why they're able to so elaborately do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this Jack in the Box and she starts cranking it and cranking it and then someone grabs her from behind and slices her throat april fools it's a fake knife and it was nan like getting back at getting her. back at her yeah what a twist which i thought was a little bit of that was that was kind of fun it was fun it was a bit silly because it's like where did she get that <laughs> at, at like on an island where there's no one <laughs> but you know no, I think I think that was on the premises because Muffy found it early on when she's in the basement, and that's what made her think of. No, that. I'm talking about the knife, the fake knife to slice her throat. Oh, I'm with. sure it's there on the premises. Anyway, I'm sure it is. Interesting thing about this ending: Were you aware that this was not the original ending? I was. Oh. So we know there was a different ending for two reasons. Number one, there are pictures of them filming a different ending. And number two, the novelization has the different ending in it. It has some various changes, that sort of thing. But in the original script, we, you know, we'd find out it's all a setup. Everyone leaves. We don't get this scene at the end where Nan tricks Muffy. But a bunch of the friends go back to the house when they, quote unquote, leave. And they want to get back at Muffy just like Nan did. But Skip loses his mind and tries to kill Muffy, and Rob tries to save her, but kills Skip, and it's this, because they needed, like, a, a a slasher, a killer in the end to be defeated, I guess, <laughs> but honestly, it's really dumb, and I'm glad they didn't do it that way. I mean, Me I, I understand if somebody's upset that they come to see a slasher and nobody fucking dies. <laughs> I, can, I can understand that, but it's also kind of like an April Fool's joke on the audience, mm-hmm. but one that communicated by the movie you're supposed to laugh at and enjoy mm-hmm. like yeah no i get it if you're upset but now we're all in on the joke and we can have fun about it you know so i'm glad that they didn't decide to go that way instead they refilmed that scene with nan and muffy months after the fact which is why they look a little bit different so kelsey you want to talk about the clues At the very beginning of the movie we see muffy prop open the cellar door or the cellar window um that's the one that that Kit and Rob see is open and go into the basement. That's how they got down there. Mm-hmm. Nan says she met Muffy in the drama club and that she was a great actress. And that's how she was able to play Buffy. Her nails are painted red and so are Buffy's, obviously. So Muffy and Buffy have the same painted nails. The water main is broken, but at a later point, they turn on the water. You know, the, the fake water where they get sprayed in the face. I think that's it. I think those are the big ones. But body count, absolutely nil. Nobody dies in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
Do you want to talk about how we think Nan got taken in? Because we never saw Nan die. Yeah. So, yeah, she's the big one that we never really see. We kind of don't see... We don't see Harv. Harv, yeah. We kind of don't see Harv either. But there's there's implied stuff there. But we don't ever see Nan die. We don't ever see her get taken. It's just her head's in the well. That's, I think, because they got into an argument about the abortion. And this is when Buffy found out that, oh shit, that's the recording of the baby I put in your room. Totally unintentional. When when she says kind of, I have no idea what you mean. And she's like, you knew about such and such in the recording. And Muffy reiterates like, no, really, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's when Nan reveals the fact that she had an abortion. I think that Muffy called an audible right there and was like, Okay, we're shutting this down for you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's going on. I'm going to let you in on it. And then you can just relax. I'm not going to put you through this. Obviously, you're going through something emotional. And that would be really shitty for you right now. So I'm going to let you have a little fun with me. And let's, you know, pretend that you're dead. We'll hide you in this room. Um, So I think that was a smart move. But they never directly say it. The only way they say it is that everyone else gets kind of uh, they're alone and then <gasps> and then cut to a different scene and then they're killed. Nan does not get that at all. So I think that's the implication is that she didn't have one of those moments. Mm-hmm. The end credits has an amazing song, which I can't remember right now, but I wrote it down. I'm sure it's something about April Fool's Day, right? <laughs> I think so. It was really funny. And I think the only other thing I have written down here that I think we should talk about is that uh, Biff fucks on the first date. So does Nikki. <laughs> Nikki says that in her video when she's playing Mario Riley O'Toole O'Shea. Mm-hmm. And she's giving this whole she's telling a story. And at the end, she's trying to think of something to say. She says that she wants to work with handicapped kids and then she's going to convent school. And then she goes and I fuck on the first date. Yeah, and that's April Fools. That's that's where that break is. And so the next time we see anybody being recorded, it's Biff. And he's pretending to be her. Yeah. Making fun of her. I'm Mary O'Reilly O'Shea O'Toole. Hi, my name is Mary O'Toole O'Reilly O'Shea. And I want to go to convent school and, and things like that. Welcome. Welcome to my home. And lifestyles of the rich and undeserving. <laughs> That's and true. then him and Chaz start, like, goofing around like they're well, going to make out. <laughs> no, because what happens is Biff thinks he's going to be alone in the bedroom, and he's really excited. And then in comes Chaz. And the, he had, Biff had already pushed both the, the beds together because uh-huh. they were single beds. And then, like, because he had been talking about how he's like, all right, ladies, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then in walks Chaz, and they pretend to make out. It's very yeah. funny. There's never a thing where... Like, they mention how Muffy and Arch dated, but, like, it never comes up again, and it's never a plot point. And Nikki, like, says, like, Chaz is mine, and it's Mm -hmm. like, what made you think she wanted Chaz? Like, none of this is explained. Yeah, it's stuff that never comes back. But there's a lot of that little personality throughout the movie that I think really does a lot of good for the movie. And so having those moments that are loose threads that don't really mean anything, I'm I'm not too upset by. So... What do you think, Kelsey, its Rotten Tomatoes score is? 73. Not even close. Way under? 38%. Wow! Right? 
Wow. Right? Underrated? Yeah. I'd say underrated. Definitely. I'd give it a 75. I was going to give it like a 70. I, I was flirting with the 70, but I think I like it a little bit better than that. I think it's great. I think it's funny. I think it's fun to watch. I think it's especially good if you have a lot of fun with slasher movies in general. Like if you enjoy slasher movies, I think you can appreciate this more. But if you don't watch a lot, you might feel cheated yeah. by the ending. I, like I said, I don't remember why I hated it so much the first time I saw it. But this time around, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I Yeah, that's the thing. I think if you watch it the first time, you might be like, oh, that's dumb. What a tame ending. You know, oh, so they can play this on TV, which, by the way, it did. <laughs> because you don't see any of the actual kills because nobody dies. You just see the after effects. It was played on TV constantly. And that's how this movie got famous. Mm -hmm. It's how it got its cult following. So I can understand how people would be upset the first time they see it. But you see it multiple times. And it's a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd say 75. Kelsey says 70. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right. Before we move on to our next movie, Kelsey, Slash Cards. Give it to me. Four survivors of the zombie apocalypse travel to an amusement park in California and search for the world's last Twinkie in this 2009 film. Zombieland. That is correct. Which is actually pretty good. Yep. I like it. I like it. As much as Jesse Eisenberg is kind of a I DB. I love Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> it's, it's a clever movie and I really like Woody Harrelson in it. I, think oh, really I thought cool. you were going to say somebody else. Bill Murray? No. Oh, uh, what's her face? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, whatever. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Go ahead. Name two German horror films, Kelsey. M, I think is German. It's either German or Swedish. No, it's German, but horror? Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Okay. And The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I'm disappointed by M. I like M, but it's more... It's more like a heist and... It's not a heist at all. There's totally heist. Like, well, when the guy... It's not like a heist, but it has like a heist feel to it where like all the criminals are trying to track him down. And it's like, you know, it's not about being scared of the guy. It's about taking him down. So I don't... Other than the fact that like the core premise is about kids getting murdered. You don't see any of that. It's just like it's. You get his shadow. You get the creepy whistling. Like you said, I'll allow it, but I think you could do better than that. How about the How about the movie that gave us the bit of lore that vampires are allergic to sunlight? Oh, Nosferatu. That's German. Yeah, F. W. Murnau or whatever his name is. All right, Kelsey. What are we watching next? April Fools. So there's a reason you want to tell the story about why we saw this movie in the first place. Well, now we can't remember exactly. I had something to do with Kelsey knowing that there was an April Fool's movie that was supposed to be pretty good. No. Right? No. It was either not Scary Farm or The Fair. I cannot remember which. Either way, we got home very late and we were drunk. Uh-huh. And... I just so it's probably the fair because we would walk home from the fair. But exactly, which is why I started to think it's the fair. But for some reason, this whole time, my memory has been it's it's not Scary Farm. I have been to Not Scary Farm with you once. Only once? Only once. Hmm. 
Whatever. So I plop down because I'm wired because we've been out and we've been drinking and it's late and, you know, we were right awake, right? And I turn on the TV and it just, we're in the middle of this movie and I'm like, all we're right. We're not in the middle of the movie. I don't know why you keep saying that. I remember seeing the beginning. And then we sat up until like 4 a.m. and watched this entire thing. Which isn't saying much. It's not saying much because this movie is like an hour and 10 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And only by the grace of nonsense is it that long. <laughs> and we both were just like, what the fuck was that? When it was oh, over. it is bad. So then we watched it again for this podcast. It is bad. And so first of all, don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> don't watch it. Just listen to us talk about it. It won't be that long. Also, I feel like I should say up front, this is a black horror movie. I'm just going to get this out of the way in the beginning. Nothing we say about this film has anything to do with the fact that it's a black horror movie. Like, that's not what we're mocking it for. This is a bad movie that happens to be made by a black cast and crew. Mm -hmm. I'll even <laughs> I read there's a really good uh, article on blackhorrormovie.com <laughs> that rips this movie to shreds i'm gonna i'm gonna quote it a little bit so like even a site dedicated to black horror movies recognizes that this movie is awful um so do not see it but kelsey what's the premise um a group of teenagers their their age is never really clear <laughs> it's like it's like it's the end of their junior year i think is if we're gonna land on anything that's what it is it's the end of their junior year and they play a prank on a nerd and the prank goes wrong and the, the nerd ends up dying. And then a year later, they all start dying off one by one. A la, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about this in just a second. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Do not watch the movie <laughs> or get trashed and then watch the movie. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> so but i god am i even going to be able to find a trailer for this movie we found one we watched did it we we watched it before we saw the film okay all right <laughs> well then listen to that masterpiece then i guess and when we come back we'll talk about 2007's april fools you like this in your dreams geek boy Based on an April Fool's joke gone bad. All right, Kelsey. April Fool's 2007. Written by Nancy Norman. Directed by Nancy Norman. No, she's not one of the stars. It does, however, star Oba Babatunde and about no one else. <laughs> I do Lil not Flip. know. Lil Flip? I do not know how they got Oba Babatunde. I just, I don't get, if you don't know him, he's very prolific. He's been tons and tons of shit. I think I keep going back to him being the principal in Dawson's Creek. 
for a while. Big name. To go to like the whitest thing that you can go to. Um, but he's been in tons and tons of You've shit. You've definitely seen him. Yes. And I don't know how they got him in this. And he, I got to say, kind of phoned it in the whole time. Yeah. So, Kelsey, why don't you walk us through the plot? Well, we kn- you know as soon as this movie starts that it's going to be bad because the camera quality is terrible, as is the font of the title. Yeah. Just as soon as it starts, you're like, oh. Like, halfway through, I turned to Chris and I was like, is this a student film? It looks a lot like a student film. It could totally be a student film. No, it's just a very low budget independent movie. Did we decide that that's what Dismembering Christmas was? Just a low budget indie movie or was it a student film? I Both just young people making a movie. The quali- The camera quality reminded me a lot of Dismembering Christmas. But here's the thing. Like I watched Dismembering Christmas and go back and listen to the episode. I hated that movie. But, <laughs> but there's a lot of promise there. <laughs> In the storytelling, in the camera work, the stuff that you don't have to pay money for, right? If you're making it independently, that is. This, however, (laughs) had the same resources, but the quality of the stuff that you don't need to, like, pay money for cameras and sound equipment and stuff like that is still really bad. The writing is bad. The acting is bad, which, again, I guess you do kind of have to. You got to have actors, and if you can't pay them, you're going to get shitty actors. But the acting's bad. The camera work is bad. The special effects are bad. <laughs> Everything about this movie is bad, making it kind of hilarious. Hilarious. This movie is so funny. So we open up on, like I said, well, first all we see is a hot chick and a dude Deanna. who looks totally normal. Yeah. Like there's nothing about him. That they take this normal nerd. guy and they're just like, eh, let's make him a nerd. His pants are tucked in or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like coming on to him and he's all into it. I wrote down, she... you think she's just going to fuck you in that alley? Like, what do you think's going to happen? <laughs> hey. I guess uh, we were talking about a boathouse earlier. Then she ends up taking off his pants and as soon as she does, she pushes him away and she says, in your dreams, loser. And then that's the whole joke. That is literally the whole joke. And then the group comes out and they sing this chant. OK. All right. I wrote, what the fuck is this fucking chant? <laughs> it's really bad. It's it's totally like if somebody was writing a story about <laughs> teenagers and they're like, Oh, they're going to make fun of this person. Oh, I know. I have a great idea. Let's have them say some chant. And everyone knows it, but it's garbage town. Like, it's obviously written. Like, it's not a chant that people actually did. That's what I did. I turned to Chris. I was like, is this a thing? No, it's so not a chant. Okay, so they try to make a... It's it's basically, if you think of trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat, right? Yes. Think of that, but... Did you write it down? About April Fool's. I did, but instead I'm going to read you. All right, so there is no byline to this story on BlackHorrorMovies.com. It's a review of April Fool's, but this is the quote from this review. April Fool's has no qualms about promoting itself as, I know what you did last summer with an urban twist, but the setup is actually more like Terror Train. 
a group of high schoolers pull an April Fool's Day gag on class nerd Melvin, setting him up to be seduced and then rejected as they all laugh in his face and recite a taunt that shouldn't be uttered by anyone beyond the second grade. (laughs) April Fool's, you're a fool. Tell your best friend he ain't cool. If he punch you, don't you cry. Punch him back and say goodbye. anything why did somebody write it why did these actors act it it blows my mind that this exists it blows my mind you see what i'm saying this has nothing to do with the whole you know the urban setting or however you want to put it it has everything to do with like this is somebody who's like i want to make a movie i want to make a slasher movie but i'm just not talented Good for you and your ambition. Man, I can't believe this many people got together to make this garbage movie. Hey, they made a movie and they made money off of it. We contributed. <laughs> That's a thing. We did. We paid money for this. We um, rented it, though. Chris refused to buy yeah, it. Yeah, I was tired of putting bullshit <laughs> in my my uh, Apple my iTunes movie list. <laughs> I already have... Because we went into this knowing it was terrible. Yeah, so I already have like, lifeblood. I already have, like, I don't need more For the longest movies. time, every time we opened up his iTunes, it was a picture of lifeblood. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, so this is fake death number one. Somebody pantses him. Melvin, that is. Right? Because he has to have a nerdy name. Yeah, Melvin. So they just come up with their nerdy name Melvin. And... He spends a bunch of time like what, like trying to pull up his pants. He's down. He's bent over with his pants down, uh, uh, with his ass exposed for like a minute and a half, and scoops. Well, no. At first, no. At first, they take his pants, and that's when the girl, our main chick, is like, "No, the joke is over. It's done." Yeah, uh-huh. And so they give the they throw them back to him. Why he has to get up in that position to put no, his yeah. So he's on? faced away know. from them. Okay, if you guys watch The Simpsons, there's an early episode where uh, there's a giant tomato that I think Lisa or somebody else made. <laughs> and it's either Skinner or Superintendent Chalmers, Super Nintendo Chalmers, is like bending down to like, oh, my shoe's untied. And it's bent over and it's like a long time just staring at the person's ass. And Bart has to struggle not to throw this giant tomato at his ass. <laughs> but it's obviously and and jokingly set up to where it's like, look how perfect this situation is. This does it, but not tongue-in-cheek whatsoever. Like, this is a reasonable scenario to be happening right now. And so the guys, Diego, the bad boy, (laughs) and Scoops, the jock, are arguing because Diego is challenging Scoops to hit him in the ass with a football. And then when he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. They're like, oh, yeah, no, I understand. I heard you're not a good throw anymore. Anyway, you've lost your arm. 
or whatever, right? And so he's like, no, fine, then I'll do it. Like, it takes zero coaxing to get him <laughs> to do this. Like, none. He says, nah, and they're like, what are you, a bad shot? And he's like, fuck you, I'm doing it. Yo, I got five dollars. Hey, man, the joke over, dog. Chill. Yo, what, you getting soft on me, homie? No, nah, no, nah, word is his aim is off. Oh, hell no, nah. I know y'all ain't trying to punk me. Give me some elbow room, dog. Like they just punched his mom or something. <laughs> and so he gets uh, 18 inches away and <laughs> like he's so close and throws this ball. It just barely nicks the guy on the back on the yeah, right above his ass. He doesn't even actually hit him on the ass, which is the funniest part. And they show it to us like three times. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and Melvin's like, oh, whoa, and he falls forward. And this is why I say fake death number one pierces his throat with something. I don't know. There's something randomly sticking out of the ground. It's like a pipe. Yeah. And he obviously falls in front of it. Yeah. Very like, obviously. Very obviously. I don't think it's supposed to have gone through, thro- through his throat. It's supposed to go through his eye, I think. No, no, no. It goes through his neck. Oh. Yeah. Well, whatever. He. It's so obvious that he's not anywhere near it. <laughs> And they're all like, oh, God, this is really serious. What do we do? And they're like, okay, we got to call the cops. And Diego's like, no, I'm not going to prison like my dad. (laughs) And he goes through and he explains all the reasons why each and every one of them has has something to lose. Has a future ahead of them. Um, And specifically, Scoops has a full ride to play ball. Like, it's so generic and dumb, and I'm not going to list them all out for you here. But I will But I will play that clip. <laughs> you are losing your fucking mind, Diego! I'm sick and tired I'm of sick and tired of you! One momentous Pedro! I didn't told you about talking to my girl like that. Look, man, I don't mean to come at you or your girl like that, dog. Come on, man, but we graduate next year, all right? And Scoop has the full right to play ball. Deanna's trying to go to med school. Eva has to help out the family business. And your girl actually got an academic scholarship. Now, come on, man, you and me will probably end up with some blue-collar jobs, but it beats the hell out of the penitentiary. So, look, I'm doing this for all of us. So what's it going to be? So then they decide, fine, we'll cover it up. We'll make it look like a gangland shooting. And let me get through this, okay? So they decide that they need to pick his body up off of the ground. And it's difficult. So they all need to do it. And they got like there's a squelching sound, which is actually kind of good. And they struggle like because they need to get him off of that bar, like rebar or whatever it was. Then they take him. I don't know, 20 yards away, lay him down and then shoot him a bunch. So it looks like a gang shooting. It doesn't hide the fact that he's still been pierced in the throat. Well, they probably shot him in the throat. I would hope so, but they don't explain it. And it's really bad. You can tell that the dude just like, like, he might as well have gone bang, bang, because the effects on him shooting that gun are just awful. He's like, I'm doing it for Kelsey here in the bedroom (laughs) studio. Um, (laughs) Like, it's a really bad effect. And it makes me ask a lot of questions. Like, one. None of your prints were on him except for Deanna. Until now. Now that you're trying to cover it up, you're all grabbing him. Why does it have to be a gangland shooting for him to be dead? Because they live in an urban setting where that's just accepted. Right, but how is it any different if a dude falls on something and pierces his neck or he gets shot a bunch? One could be an accident, the other could not. 
It doesn't change fucking anything except get them more involved. It really bothers me. Now, also, because when they're trying to struggle to get them up, one of the characters throws up. Now there's DNA on the scene. Yeah, that was my biggest problem. And there's blood on whatever the pokey thing was. Yeah. Yeah, like, just walk away. But the idea is that if the cops find him in the bushes... And they think it's a gang shooting. They're They'll not just write look. it off. And yeah, not, they're like, not going to look at I the guess. vomit. They're not going to look at the blood. But there was like no proof of anything up to this point and just them trying to make it look like a gangland shooting. It doesn't matter, though, because nothing comes of it. Exactly that happens. They treat it like a gangland shooting and they don't look into it. And, you know, because people don't actually investigate gangland shootings. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. This is what BlackHorrorMovies.com says. Let's suppose that they just really didn't want to get the police involved. Why don't they just run away? No, they decide to pick up dead Melvin, putting everyone's fingerprints on his body, carry him to the bushes, and shoot him to make it look like a gang hit. Yep, I'm sure the class nerd was quite the banger. Right, exactly. (laughs) I thought about that too. This is when we get the title cards and we see featuring Lil Flip. We also... (laughs) Also, Diego. So everybody's <laughs> run away. Diego's the last one left with the dead body. And he goes, that's that. And then runs away. <laughs> he actually says, that's that. Like, who wrote the script? So we have Raheem and Deanna. They work in this. So a year later. Yeah. They work in this morgue, basically, with this doctor who is... One of the few white guy characters, which I'm totally fine with, but then they make him like somebody literally just looked up a thesaurus and replaced every word of his dialogue with a fancier word. Mm-hmm. Like that's how well written this character is. You, my dear boy, are a deaner, and that's part of your avocation. I, on the other hand, am a board certified pathologist, a prospector of posthumous intelligence, if you will. Testicular disrupting labor of this nature is not part of my vocational description. In short, I don't move fat fucks like that. That's because all your energy used up thinking of them big words you be saying. (laughs) And Raheem doesn't want to move the body. And the doctor's like, I don't do it. You're like, does, does he call him slave labor? I'm pretty sure the white doctor calls the black kid slave labor at one point. He's just making the joke that he's the senior guy. Yeah, no, so no, he totally. Have to but I feel anything. like he uses the term slave labor at one point. He's like, he, ah. He might have. <laughs> My dear, do you know where the word diener is derived from? No, sir. It's German for servant. So Raheem moves the body, and then he goes, as, as the doctor's about to, to look into it, he goes and grabs one of the saws that they use to cut through, like, bone, like a skull, for instance, right? And then he's like pretending it's his penis. And then he's like humping the air, right? He's like, rare, rare, rare. And at that moment, while Raheem is distracting him, the cadaver sits up and it's a real buddy of his, just this fat guy with gray makeup on, like straight out of Dawn of the Dead. And it's, I'm asking questions and I don't know why I'm, I don't, I don't know why I'm asking these questions. <laughs> I should just go, who cares, and move on. That's how I feel about this movie. But if it was really a prank that you knew was going to happen and you were planning on scaring people, why would you distract them with the saw air humping thing? 
Why would you do that when you know what's about to happen is a cadaver's about to pop up? It's the, he ruined the joke. He ruined it. <laughs> they wrote the joke. This whole scenario is scripted and the character still ruins it. So anyway, he still convinces, at the, it's the end of the day and he convinces Deanna to take the bag of, uh, what's the, the material, the garbage basically from- yeah. The cadavers. And the doctor's like, I can't believe you sent that beautiful child out. And I'm like, well, then why didn't you fucking do it? Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not, well, she's not going to die. It's not like it's going to kill her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, so she goes in there and she's confronted by somebody wearing a hoodie. And then she's like, what? And then nothing happens. Okay. Nothing happens. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't revealed his face. And we know by the end of the movie who it is, but he hasn't revealed his face or anything and then she just, like, freaks out and throws up. Like, for no reason. Like, I feel like it's supposed to be a, she sees his face and it's all disfigured. But the guy didn't do anything yet. It's just a person. And she freaks out and throws up and then she runs away. Is she, is she the one who threw up in the beginning? Maybe that's just her thing? I don't She just know. throws up a lot? <laughs> and so she gets chased down by this dude in a hoodie wielding this elaborate Renfair knife. <laughs> and and every time he's about to stab her, yes, it cuts away. Okay, so here, <laughs> imagine you and your sibling are messing around with your parents' camcorder, <laughs> and you're filming a movie. I did this. I did um, no joke. I did uh, uh, a film. I was at like uh, daycare or something like day camp during the summer. And I was with my brother and a couple of our friends. And one of the guys who was watching over us was like, hey, do you want to make make a movie? And so we made a movie with this guy. I have no idea where it is. <laughs> but like full of uh, Batman and Robin climbing the building segments. And it, like this was elaborate for us <laughs> little kids. Somebody pops their head out of the window and like, no, no joke. It's really, really cool. But. I was the youngest. I was probably six and I was the evil guy that they come across at the end <laughs> and they kill me, but they don't show me getting killed. It's just, they just film me like with my glasses askew, <laughs> but that's it. They, cause they, they, there's no way to film it. Right. So if you needed to film a stabbing, how would you do that? Well, you do a, t a few things. Number one, you do stabbing motions, but you wouldn't ever actually stab the person. So as you approach the body, you need to slow down and then pull back away. And you either cut away when the stabbing is about to happen or you pan up or away so you only see the knife coming down, but you don't see it approaching. Now, they didn't do any of that soon enough. <laughs> so you see him slow down. Yep. You see him stop. Every time. Every time. You see him pull the knife away, and you can see that it wasn't in her body at all. Like, it's so poorly done. And it is what? like the epitome of what's wrong with this movie. I mean, why not just get, like, a trick knife like they showed in April Fool's Day? Because they can't afford that. And where are they going to get it? What do you mean you can buy them on the internet? <laughs> Maybe it's too, it's just over 10 years old now. I don't know what was readily available and what it costs. You can buy those at the fucking Halloween store for like $5. Yeah. So this is fake death number two. And every death is going to look fake. <laughs> <laughs> now that I said that, I'm looking here at blackhorrormovies.com. I'm going back to that article. Every death scene is like remedial slasher 101. The lights go out. How does Yar always know where the fuse box is? The victim says, 
insert name here, is that you? Stop messing around. The realization that it's not insert name here hits the victim. This is the point where Deanna throws up. And the masked killer steps out of the shadows holding a knife. The sound of my own snoring jolts me awake. (laughs) Every murder in this movie happens like that to some degree. Certain elements swapped in and out. Probably the weirdest one is Diego as he's taking a piss. (laughs) The next shot is the dancer chick who, what's her name, Eva? And it's just shots of her ass as she's dancing. Which, by the way, we've said this, it's not super clear about how old these people are. They're supposed to be like seniors. Seniors in high school, but they also make them seem like they're freshmen in college. I don't fucking know. Anyway... So we could be potentially watching this senior high school girl shaking her ass. And I'm just, it's like, it it makes you feel super uncomfortable. It's very creepy. So this is when we get fake death number three. Eva takes a shower. Anyway, her boyfriend comes in on her and they take a shower together or whatever. And then she's left alone and she's got a towel on and then the lights go out. Well, we missed the whole thing with. With Scoop's wife. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Scoop's is a failure. Um, He's a drug dealer now and drug user. And his mom is a drug addict. And his mom's a drug addict. And he got suspended from playing ball because of his bad grades. Yeah. His mom sends him down to the corner to buy loose cigarettes. And everyone that wants to mock him calls him Poop. Instead of Scoop, they call him Poop. Because that's some clever ass name calling. Super. And it really depresses scoop slash poop and so his life has really gone down the toilet and he's a drug addict now and he's really shitty so back to eva she's running from this person in the hoodie and a locker falls on her for no reason again obviously falling next to her but then cut to her leg being caught under there and it's just one of those like normal flimsy little lockers and it's fallen on her leg. And yeah, she could be hurt, but there's nothing stopping her from just like rolling it over and getting up and running away. But then she gets stabbed. And as she screams, it cuts to an exit sign for some reason. You also skipped a whole conversation that our two girls have together. Go ahead. So they're having a conversation. Who? The two, our main girl and the dancer chick. I don't know. So Missy and Eva. Missy and Eva are having a conversation before Eva meets up with her. I think Malik is now her boyfriend because Malik. Yes, because ah, there it is. What is her? Is it Eva? Eva, Yeah. The main girl? No, Missy is the main girl. Missy says that her and Malik have split up, but Malik is still calling her. Right. That's what she says in the shower to Malik. She's like, Missy said that you're still calling her. Yeah. You know. So then uh, they're they're joking around about something and she goes, yo, mama. And then the jokes stop. And then they just like. Because Missy's mom died. Oh, right. Yeah. So and she's like, it's OK. I know you didn't. I know you, I know you didn't mean it. And they're having this real serious conversation. Meanwhile, the camera is panning back and forth and you hear. The gravel move as the fucking camera guy shifts. And, and, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot about this. This is when Missy freestyles. Yep. I can't remember any of it because it's all 
It's so bad. Awful. It's really, really And bad. they do that thing at the end where they're like, oh, that was awesome. You know, that was the shit. You know that's why I stay on the mic. Because you never oh, know who's going to okay, be in that. So I see you still hustling and flowing. I'm still hustling and flowing. Yeah, girl, Check this out. See. I'm not the type for telling jokes on some real shit, I'll laugh on the side. And I'm not the type of things that go crash in the night. When I rock a rhyme, slash swipe, cut to the chase. My shit is serious, I'm flicking when I'm up in the place. I'm stunting, you frontin', I'm the truth, you pretending. I'm the real taste of shy with no food booths or vendor. So quit wasting time, cause you can't come with it. I break hearts while you too broke to pay attention. <laughs> That was tight, right? That was tight. Girl, that was high. You still got it. I still got it. You still got it. It wasn't the shit, Missy. It was awful. It felt like... (laughs) Top that from Teen Witch from 1989. It reminds me of Top That. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. That's what this is like. It's it's really, really bad. And at least top that rhymed better. And, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, she's supposed to be freestyling. And when you freestyle, it's off the top of your head. You know, you might have rhymes you already know work. And so you're trying to, like, fit them together. But the rhymes are awful. The structure's really bad. The, it's off uh, meter. And... Yeah, I get it. It's a freestyle, but it's not a freestyle. It was written in a script. (laughs) You had the opportunity to make it really impressive and you didn't. It's so fucking frustrating and so awful. Anyway, Eva's dead now anyway. (laughs) Well, whatever. So, yeah, as Chris was saying that Eva and Malik are in the shower or whatever. I'd like to point out that he never took his boxers off. No, he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't. You show him take his pants off and he's wearing his boxers. And next thing is he steps into the shower. It doesn't even like cut away. So he had a chance to do it. Like, no, the next shot, he's stepping in the shower. Also, while they're like hooking up, they're talking about the death of Melvin. And I'm just like, this is real sexy talk for sure. This is what I want to talk about when I'm having sex. I think if I was a girl and we were having a conversation about the awful thing that we did last year and my boyfriend got it up. I think I would break up with him. <laughs> That's creepy as shit. So then, yeah, so I think the killer kills Malik pretty quickly and then he chases after Eva and she's like, whoever you are, please stop. Oh my God. 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 She says it so many times. Yeah. And then she like stares at the exit sign, but doesn't move. And then when we see her getting killed, Cut to the exit sign again. And I'm yeah, just like. I told like, you, the exit sign. Why? Is that a metaphor for something? Exactly. I don't know what it is. Oh my God. So, anyway, Oba Baba Tunde is the police chief, but he also has a partner. Like, they, they want him on the beat, they want him to have a partner. They also want him to be the guy in charge. Mm-hmm. And he can't be all those things at the same time. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It's somebody who obviously has not seen enough police procedurals in their life. Or they've seen too many. I don't know <laughs> which one it is. And uh, But he's Missy's dad. And he's like, you can't go out tonight. There is a killer on the loose. These people are dying. And they get into an argument. And she's like, fine, dad. I'll stay in. But you never listen to me. And it, pff, ugh. I... 
She has this whole whining scene, and it's really amazing. And she's basically telling him, like, you know, you, you never spent enough time with your with my mom. You never spend enough time with me. And then he says three times in a row, I know. I know. I know. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, so she goes to her room as her dad and his partner leave because they know that there are these killings going on. And so now Missy knows. And so Missy tries to call Eva. Well, he left a videotape. There's a DVD. So yeah. And we done. see Deanna's death. And oh, my God, it's supposed to be security footage for Deanna's death. <laughs> but it's the same shot. It's literally <laughs> the same shot from the movie. <laughs> That we saw earlier. Where the camera's running backwards down the hall. We haven't mentioned the fact that every time a character dies, we get a flashback to whatever their line oh, was. Yeah, uh -huh. So that we remember Whatever who their they line are. was in that first scene, yeah. Uh -huh. I just, I love that the filmmaker's like, nobody's gonna give a fuck who these people are, but I gotta remind them. So anyway, Missy's really worried about Eva, so she calls her up, and it basically... She's like, be really, really careful. I'll tell you more when I see you at the Spring Jam. Peace. Yes! <laughs> she takes a sigh and then she's like, peace. <laughs> it is hilarious. It is so funny. Eva, it's Missy. I was, my dad dropped the surveillance tape and it was Deanna's murder and it was just crazy. The killer was wearing a black hoodie. Look, all I'm trying to say is really, really be careful tonight. I'll tell you the rest when I see you at the spring jam. Peace. Also, while she's watching the video, she makes a ridiculous face as well. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so awesome. So then we get to the dance. Little flip. Little flip. Is and OK, there. here's the thing they do with the rappers. There are. Three, Three different sets of rappers that you see on stage at this spring dance. The second one's actually not that bad. Right. But the first and the third year. But terrible. they film all of them with their mics up in front of their faces. And I don't think it's just like, that's the way it looks cool. But I think it's because they don't know what footage they're going to use for what part of the song. And so they're like, well, just put it up in front of your face and nobody will know because... <laughs> You know, we won't need to worry about lip syncing at all. We'll just we'll just play the actual recording of the song, which is dumb. But they also seem to find all the shots where you can tell they're not saying anything. You can tell they're off sync. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they use all the worst shots for this. And when I say they use the actual version of whatever song this is, I'm pretty sure that they got the censored version of Lil Flip's song. <laughs> because the vocals cut out at different parts. When they shouldn't otherwise cut out. I can't believe they did not get the explicit version of the song. It's like you have the guy, he's in the film. Get the real version of the song. Anyway, and I, see, I wrote down here, this is so low budget and independent. I kind of respect it. <laughs> part of me, if it's just like a bunch of friends getting around and like making something together, I would totally respect this. But no, they launched this as like a legitimate film. Which, <laughs> Oh, my God. OK, anyway. So there is like every time they show the dancers, they're doing like a full blown routine. Oh, yeah. There's a routine. <laughs> There's a routine. Yeah. Like, like this is bring it on or something. Yeah, exactly. It Or um, step up. Step up. <laughs> but at least in step up, I mean, they do have that here where there is a dance crew or whatever. There's a dance team. Yeah. And so we just, well, we just listened to Lil Flip do his entire rap. 
<laughs> Which Why is not watch terrible. this entire song? His song, look. It's I really bad. They're all really bad. The second one's not that bad. But look, okay, I don't know anything about Lil Flip. I think he has some sort of following because people know who he is. I don't know. Online. But I've never heard of him. Look, I'm not saying anything about his fucking musical career. Maybe he's an amazing rap artist. But the song they chose... It's bad. ...is so bad. Especially when you get the... Okay, if you do end up watching this, watch it with closed captioning on. Because the <laughs> yeah. lyrics to these songs, they're just garbage. They're really bad. Like, it's it's li it literally seems like when they write... The, like, okay... You know what, Lil Flip, you're not famous. I'm sorry. And there's a reason you're not famous. It's because you're bad at your job. You write down whatever you come up with, and then you make that your rap. You obviously spend no time structuring your rhymes, setting up the meter of, of, of each line. Use of a trick. That's what the song yeah. was. Use a trick. Use a trick. Why are you spending money? Use a trick. Use a trick. Over and <laughs> over, over and over again. and over again. Also, anyway. so I got the name of the second rap artist who I thought was not that bad. His name was Cuz, spelled with K-U-Z. Yeah. And then there's a female duo. <laughs> She's bad. Yeah. They're bad. Uh-huh. So anyway, fake death for Diego's in the bathroom. Well, they give they give Lil Flip a scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. He tries to hit on Missy, but Missy's really freaking out. So she totally, like, turns him down. And she's just like, all right, I'll catch you up with you later. Oh, my God. It is like, so... It is what so... What is the point of him being in it? Why give him lines? They're, they need to pad the length of this movie. All of this shit. And it's only like an hour and nine minutes long. That includes the credits. But it's so <laughs> painful to watch this conversation happen. Because it's so obviously the guy that thinks he's badass and cool. But he's trying to be like smooth. But he has literally no skills whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Mm. Hey, what's up, girl? <laughs> You want to get with me? Like, it's just that. And it's no moves. No moves whatsoever. And they filmed it. They wrote it. And then they filmed it. And then they thought it looked good enough to put in the movie. <laughs> what up? What up? What up? How you doing? Good, I'm thanks. Flip, I'm Flip. Missy, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you, too. You know, I'm looking for a backup dancing. <laughs> it look like you got all the assets to be a backup dancer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you up here with? I came up here with my girls. Okay, okay, okay. What y'all getting into after this? I don't even know. You don't know? Club jumping like this and you don't know what you're getting to after this? Yeah, I'm looking for somebody. Okay, I, okay, sorry. okay, okay. You got a cell number or something? I'm so sorry. I just can't do this right now. Okay, okay. It's all good. I'll holler at you later. So she turns him down because she's freaking out. She's like, I really just don't have time for this right now. And so she runs through the hallways, happens to find a teacher in her classroom. Yeah. Which I'm a teacher, guys. I mean, I, I sometimes I've been at school real late, but never that late. And if I was there at the night of a dance, I, why would I be sitting in my classroom? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so. She just goes into the dark corner of the room. <laughs> makes. Okay. Okay. 
because I am a teacher, I had to make this work. I had to make it make sense because here's what the audience sees. She is being chased down the hallway. She gets into a classroom with the teacher. I think they I close the door. Mm-hmm. And then there's somebody in the room in this dark corner over there. Right. And first, this is an enormous classroom because oh, it's huge. There's one part that what is over there covered in shadow <laughs> yeah. and you can't see it. So I was like, okay, I'm a teacher. I know how classrooms are set up. Some classrooms have connecting like like a lounge area. Yeah. And it connects to other classrooms. Right. My school. Or it's set just up that classroom way. to classroom sometimes. So perhaps Yeah, he went the in another door in another classroom. The other classroom. Yeah. How he got in, I don't know. Maybe he has tools to get into locked doors. I don't fucking know. So he kills this lady. So he kills the teacher, but it is it is set up to where she can't see what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> She probably throws up, right? Because that's a common thing that happens. How does she not see? How big is this classroom? How is there an area that is so dark you can't tell what's happening? So anyway, she's dead. I think before this, actually, Diego dies. Diego dies. Diego's in the bathroom. He's taking a piss. And the dude in the hoodie just stands there. And he waits for him to finish. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have time to put his dick well, away. Well, no, no, no. But he finishes peeing. Diego turns and sees him and then lunges at the guy. And then they fight in the bathroom. And it kind of cuts away. And then it cuts back. And you can see, like, tears that they cut with scissors or something in Diego's uh, beater. And it's, like, bloody. But there are obviously no cuts. And then all of a sudden, he's just fucking dead. And that's Diego. Back out on the dance floor. He comes out. And approaches Well, first, he's he's walking through the dance floor, and Missy sees him. And he turns to her kind of slightly. We still can't see who it is. And does one of these finger-across-the-throat things as he's headed towards Malik. Missy shouts at Malik, and, and Malik and the killer get into a fight on the dance floor. And it's a really bad fake fight. And all of a sudden, it just cuts to him, and he's been gutted. Um, again, and, we don't see anything. And, and then, everybody's fighting. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's like it's like a fight in a bar scene. Yeah. You know, where somebody punches somebody else, and another person swings at a dude, and that person ducks, and another person gets hit. And all of a sudden, it's just a brawl. It turned into a ballroom blitz. Mm-hmm. And she's running away. She ends up making it back home, all flipped out, where Scoops shows up, and he's he's, like, kind of freaking out. A well, first bit. she has a scene with her dad. Oh, right. She tells her dad all about the thing that they did. And she's crying. I'm sorry, daddy. I am. Yeah. <laughs> and the cops all go looking for this guy with no information. The whole pep talk is just like, we got to get him. All right, go. Like that's, that's all, the, all the pep talk is. And she's going to be watched by a cop. And she's like, I want you, daddy. And he's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. And Scoops shows up at her house. And like he climbed into her window or some shit without the cop seeing or whatever. He's like, we got to get out of here. The killer's after us. And she's like, well, something about the way he wrote L. She didn't say that. 
she said, there's something that's been bugging me or whatever. And then she looks at all these crime scene photos that she got from the police station. And and she looks at April Fool's, which has been written in blood at all these crime scenes. She's like, hmm. And then she goes into her uh, scoops, goes to the bathroom or something. Oh, he goes to get a water. Yeah. He's like, he wants something to drink. So she goes to get them. He gets some drinks. Yeah. And so she looks up some old stuff, including like a yearbook or something. No, it's like a birthday card. Yeah. Right. That everyone signed. And she sees that scoops wrote always and forever. The A and the F match, I guess. They don't like do a good comparison. She just sees always and forever. And she's like, Scoops at some point in history wrote a word that began with an A and a word that began with an F. It must be him. It's the way that they're connected. The A and the F are connected or something. It, they're really not, though. That's what's so weird. It's just A over an F. Or Yeah, it's really, really dumb. And it looks dumb. And Scoops is like. What's so you wrong? figured it out. <laughs> and she's like, nothing, let's go. And he's like, you never was a good liar. Yeah, uh-huh. And then he explains why he did it all. You know what? You never was a good liar. Out of everybody, I knew I was going to hate killing you the most. Why are you doing this? Look at me. People call me poop. Because everyone called him poop. Is ultimately the reason because Melvin his life has gone nowhere. Yeah, Melvin was his tutor. And when Melvin died, he did poorly in school. And because he did poorly in school, he didn't get that full ride scholarship, football scholarship. Oh, my God. It's so terrible. Yeah. And so his life went to shit and he's taking it out on everyone else. Why does he have that ornate knife? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But so he's coming after her and he thinks he's got her and then she like tricks him or something. So, so they all they he does that chant again back at her. It's a little bit different now. It has like a murderous twist to it. Something. You know, April Fools, you're a fool or whatever it is. It's some ugh, god. Missy, I got a new rhyme for you. <laughs> April fool, you're a fool. Tell your best friend he's real cruel. If she punch you, don't you cry. Dab her with your knife and watch her die. And you know what? When it's all over, I'ma have the last laugh. And the joke's gonna be on all y'all. But then she goes, she she picks up a rock and she's like, the joke's on you. So, April yeah, fools. she runs away and she sees that the cops are dead and, or the cop is dead. And then they, they, she gets to another alley or whatever and they get into a fight. Yeah. And she picks up a brick and says, joke's on you, April fool. Mm-hmm. Like she calls him an April fool. She hits him in the face with a brick. His face hits the brick wall and leaves uh, a bloody print. Meanwhile, the whole time, music isn't changing at all. It's like they picked a track and they just played it regardless of what's happening in the scene. <laughs> and then she's like crying on the floor or whatever. And we see behind her, he does like an Undertaker sit up. Yep. Just and, like uh, from Halloween with Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and he picks up the knife and he goes and he and he lifts it up over his head at her and she just reaches up, grabs his arm and then like pulls it down and forces him to stab himself. And that's the end. Yeah. After that dramatic moment, some music is playing and it has like a sound to it, (laughs) which is really, really fucking ridiculous after all the dramatic shit that we saw. (laughs) 
we see clips of the women rapping over the credits. Uh, and Kelsey, I really need to t- you think you're hot shit. You want to be a boss bitch, but you can't. You can't. That's the but end credit can't. song. But yeah. you can't. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like hip hop and rap. These are just bad songs. Yes. Just bad songs. Mm-hmm. And this is a bad movie. <laughs> it is a very bad movie, but it's uh, a, it's hilarious. Yeah. Kelsey, what do you think this got on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm mean, going to guess it doesn't have one. It doesn't. It has an entry, but it doesn't have enough reviews. It doesn't have any reviews as far as I could tell mm-hmm. that, that they tracked. So no rating. But what would you give it? 30? 25? I'd it's say, so funny. I'd say 20. It's so funny. But unintentionally so. Yeah. BlackHorrorMovies.com gives it the benefit of the doubt. It says, perhaps the best thing that can be said about April Fool's is that it isn't meant to be Shakespeare. And in its attempt to not be Shakespeare, it succeeds unequivocally. Its production value is just good enough to make it enjoyably bad. Just add a six pack and some anti-seizure medication. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds about right. Listen, it's only an hour out of your day and it's not worth that. Yeah. It's bad, but it's, it's funny. pretty bad. But that makes it funny. Just get it trashed. got played on TV. Yeah, we saw it on TV. We yeah. didn't search this out. No, it was just on TV. Oh, so. God. I mean, it, it got some play, you know, at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> on like HBO or something. I don't have anything else to say about this movie. No. Done. God. Bad. Well, April Fool's, everybody. Happy April Fool's. <laughs> April All right. Well, next week, what are we reviewing? So we don't mean to offend anyone, but we should all pretty much know at this point that most of our holidays, even though we know them to be out of Christianity, are actually they actually stem from pagan holidays. So because it's Easter and don't worry, we'll play Easter movies in the future. Uh But this week, uh, since we're actually going to be doing it after we just figured let's just do a pagan movie so we're gonna do witchcraft through the ages which is an old 20s documentary on witchcraft and sleepy hollow yeah which has a johnny depp a bunch of people christina ricci with unfortunate histories (laughs) and the one dude who's like a fucking pedophile pedophile yeah but but i love that movie (laughs) it's a lot of fun All right, so we'll get a little bit of history and then a fun Tim Burton movie. Yes. So in the meantime, you can always reach us at podcemetery at gmail.com or on Twitter at podcemetery. You can find those links as well as all of our episodes and links to us on SoundCloud and iTunes at podcemetery.com. Yeah. Really excited about having that up and running. Don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, give us ratings and reviews, because that all really does help us out quite a bit. So if you have a free minute, we just ask, please go ahead and and put in a review for us. That being said, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And Kelsey, what do we say at the end of the episode? April fools, you're a fool. Tell your best friend he ain't cool. If he punch you, don't you cry. Punch him back and say goodbye. Oh, snap. Joe Bad, you're crazy. Joe Bad, you're loony as hell. So long, it could have been swell to get.
You ready to go? Mm-hmm. So am I. This is the kind of weekend everyone's in for. Oh, waka waka. Marv has to come down to get her out. Harv. Harv. <laughs> yes. Yes? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you aware that this was not the original ending? I was. Oh. Why are you doing this? Look at me. People call me Pooh. 